Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to talk Pac-12 football. This is the Pac-12 Insider here on ESPN 700. The Pac-12 Insider is presented by Sound Warehouse. Now for the latest on Pac-12 football, here's the Pac-12 Insider here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy momentarily here on the Bill Riley Show. He's got the call on the Pac-12 Network with our friend Roxy Bernstein coming up on Saturday. Our pregame coverage Saturday begins with Nate Orchard and Porter Larson at 9 a.m. Myself, Scott uh, Scott Mitchell, and uh, and Stevenson Sylvester come your way at 11 from the Smith's tailgate tent. And then uh, after that, we'll uh, be rolling into game coverage, which begins at about 1 o'clock from Rice-Eccles Stadium. Temperatures should be ideal. Should be about 65, 66, and sunny at kickoff. Might be the best day. We've, we've been really lucky with home games. So uh, sh- should be good on Saturday. We'll welcome in our friends from the Pac-12 Network, Roxy Bernstein, who I might be going to dinner with tomorrow night. I know where he'll like to go to dinner. And his broadcast partner, who I always like to have on the show. And ironically enough, I don't know how we got on the JAG yesterday, but we were talking about his 91 Washington team, which is one of the most underrated of all time, I think. Lincoln Kennedy with us here on the Bill Riley Show. Link, good to have you back. How are you? Hey, Bill. How's it going, man? I'm going. It's going well. I know how we got on it. I had Mike Pulaski on the show, the color analyst from Cal, their old quarterback, and I asked him because he was co-Pac-12 Player of the Year on offense in '91, and I said, "Who shared that with you?" And you know who it was. It was your teammate, Mario Bailey, was the co-offensive Player of the Year that year in '91, and that was what was that? Your was that your sophomore or junior year? Junior year. Yeah, you guys were so good. I oftentimes say I think you guys in many ways get overlooked as co-national champions that year. Well, uh, you know what? We had a good team, really good team. And and if we if we were able to be a part of, like, the college playoff system that it has now, we would have probably had a chance to play Miami for the true championship. But we had to share it with them. Yep, that was, uh, that was quite a team that year. It was phenomenal. Um, just before we talk about the game Saturday, just a reflection or two from you on the final year of the Pac-12 as we know it, uh, the league this year, the history that's being erased, just kind of your reaction as somebody that left a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on the Pac-12 fields. How have you seen this thing all kind of go down? Well, it, it, it is really sad. It, it's sad that the, the conference is being broken up the way it has, and it's sad to, to see that money, I guess, obviously continues to take precedent, and you lose all the history, as you're mentioning. I'm frustrated about it, but, you know, what What can you do? Um, the thing is you have to go with the flow. And I'm hoping that maybe in a few years people will come to realize, you know what, this was a huge mistake 
let's put something better back together rather than thinking that the the a lot of the kids from, or a lot of the schools from the Pac-12 deserve to be in the Big Ten. You know, Kyle Whittingham has told me for almost a decade, as he and I have worked together, he, he foresaw this coming years ago, not this particular, but he said super conferences. Um, I'm not sure if we could put that genie back in the bottle again, but he, he foresees one to two super conferences probably within the next decade. Do you see the same thing? Well, I think that we're slowly seeing the formation of um, a college football system that's much like the uh, NFL, where you have an AFC and NFC. You, you, you have two conferences that, you know, conferences that could pretty much play within themselves to decide their conference championship, and then they move to the playoffs, and then they move to the true Super Bowl. And I think that's, that's where college football to me is heading. I agree with you. So you'll be in town this weekend, Pac-12 Network broadcast, Utah and Cal. Um, still uh-huh. don't know the status of what's going on with Cam Rising. Um, he's, right. you know, he's he's week to week, as they like to say, coming back from that injury. And so Utah's kind of made best as what they could without him. Four and one, still ranked 16th, but the offense has been a struggle. The defense has been elite. Give me your kind of big picture view on where Kyle's team is coming off the bye and getting ready for Cal. Well, they, I think they're ready for Cal. Cal will play hard, and they will, they will play Utah really tough. Well, but where I see with Utah, it's like I don't know if they'll be able to go deep or be able to hold on to you know, their place in the conference without Cam Rising. It's just the, the, the struggles on offense are dominant, and teams are going to figure out a way to just load the box to take the runaway to force your young quarterbacks to throw it's going to come down to that. So, uh, but, but I think Utah, you know, is going to get better um, if they can find a way to get healthy. All the key guys that they don't have right now get healthy. You know, Lincoln, we talked a lot before the season about Utah's offensive line. They thought on paper this would be one of the best they've had in a few years. They've been solid, but they haven't really, like some Utah offensive lines in the past, really dominated the line or exerted their will. As a guy that played up front, is the offensive line in general kind of a, a living, working, developing, improving amoeba as the season goes along? Or by five games in, are you what you are? Uh, well, the, the way you kind of answered it for itself was, is yes and no. The, it is a work in progress. And it's a work in progress because I know from doing games, uh, doing the Weaver State game, Utah was injured back then uh, with their offensive line. So I know they've had some injury issues. But you put when you put, plug in other guys, young guys, and then you haven't necessarily been experienced the game speed, it takes a while to get used to, and that's what you're headed for. But at the same point, you do see pretty dominant what you're going to have. Whatever struggles that have been apparent so far in these first five games are going to be apparent throughout the season. What have you seen from that Utah offensive line in the Weaver game and in some of the tape that you've watched? They're, they they get more and more physical, obviously, as the game goes on. And that's a good sign for what you want from the offensive line. They're going to continue to push, um, you know, and try to run the football. That's what, you know, how Winningham seems to do. So we shouldn't be surprised there. I, I like this Utah offensive line, um, and I like the way that they've been developing recently. So Lincoln Kennedy from the Pac-12 Network, our guest here on the Bill Riley Show. So Nate Johnson's, you know, young quarterback. He was a gadget guy yeah. a year ago. He was running the scout team, but he'd come in and run the gadget stuff. He was really the third quarterback in fall camp and then injury or fourth, fourth if you were counting Cam being there, but third among the guys that were playing. 
But he'll be making another start this week, and it's two weeks to get ready. And Andy Ludwig's had a pretty good track record in his career of you know tailoring game plans. How, how does the offensive coordinator make life as simple as possible yet still effective and as, 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 as explosive as they can be with a young quarterback who just doesn't have a lot of reps? Well, I mean, that's just it. you got to get reps. And the best way to do it is to have short to intermediate throws uh, to where, you know, you can have a high, fairly high completion ratio. Uh, you know, Nate Johnson has a potential. There are oftentimes he wants to rely on his feet rather than trusting his arm. And it's going to take some development. It's going to take some time. But, it, you know, if you're Lugwood, you, you protect that quarterback by having him have short, intermediate screens, stuff like that, things over the middle to sort of build his confidence as the game progresses. You also have to trust your offensive line a little bit, too, and I know that's hard when you're a guy that's got the ability to run, but you know those guys right. are up there generally doing a job. You've, you've got to have a trust in your arm and what you're seeing, but you also have to have those trust in those five guys ahead of you, too, don't you? Well, there's no doubt about it. More, more times than not, for the five guys that are up front, they have to understand the timing. If As, as long as Nate Johnson is back there, quarterback, the timing. Um, and the case in point, when um, I remember playing with Rich Cannon, and when Rich wanted to scramble, was usually after what I call three, three and a half Mississippis that was in my head. If I had first the ball not going down the field, and I still felt that Rich was in the pocket or about to scramble, I had to position myself between him and where the defender was so he could he could create a natural lane. Those are the types of chemistry bonds that you need to build with your offensive line, whether you're on a sprint outside. The tackles need to go, you know, take their defensive ends up and beyond or collapse them inside. Or more importantly, if he's going to push the pocket, you want to open up the lane for him to actually get out. Hey, Lincoln, the last time a young quarterback came to Rice-Eccles Stadium, it was UCLA and Dante Moore, who's a talent, a five-star kid, didn't have a great deal of experience. Utah's defense made life hard on him. It looks like it's going to be Fernando Mendoza starting, another young quarterback who they like a lot, who started last week against Oregon State. But he's coming mm-hmm. to Rice-Eccles Stadium against a, a, a defense that's had a couple of weeks to get ready. What do you expect Cal to do against the Utah defense, and especially that front seven, to try to help out Mendoza? Well, probably try to use a lot of misdirection and take advantage of uh, aggressive defense. You know, Utah wants to play bump on and uh, uh, man coverage on the outside. and want to try to have a pressure package inside where the front seven can, you know, do as they want because, you know, you got coverage on the back end. So expect the offensive uh, for Cal's offense to use some misdirection and some tunnel screens to try to take advantage of that aggressive defense. So before I let you go, some big-picture thoughts. Your alma mater and Oregon playing this weekend, and not only the game of the year so far, the Pac-12, but maybe the game of the year in college football. Um, Washington's clearly back. Oregon appears to be on really solid footing. I've thought so far that maybe they were the best-rounded team, though Washington's not far behind. Kind of give me your read on what you're expecting. It's unfortunate for the for those of us that are going to be working at Rice Eccles, you and I and others. We're going to have to, say, we're going to, have to set the DVR and watch it a little bit later on. But you've played sure. in these games. You've played in these games, and you know these two teams are really good this year. What's yeah. your expectation for how things play at Husky Stadium Saturday? And it's going to be a slugfest. It really will be built. The thing is, is that you know both these teams have the ability to strike. And both these teams also have the ability to slow uh, their, their opponents down with solid defense. Both the teams have developed a running game. I mean, you go back and forth. It's 
to me, it's almost like one of those old traditional either arena football games or Big 12 football games where the, the team that has the ball last is likely going to win. You know, that it's going to go back and forth, and I, I just think it's going to be a big shootout. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I'm not, I've am not. i gone back and forth on this. I said before the season I thought Oregon had a chance to be right there with Utah as maybe the top two teams in the league. Utah's got to get rising back for that to happen. I re- yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, re- I really like what Lanning's done, though, there, and – you know, obviously, Bo Nix has had a rebirth up there, too. What do you like about Oregon right now? What 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 have you seen from Oregon that tells you they've got a chance to go in and win that game in Seattle? Well, you know, the thing is, is that Dan Lanning has, has done a great job with getting that defense depth and felt, telling them to be – teaching them to be more aggressive than they've been in the past couple of years. Their defense really makes it hard on an opposing offense. Obviously, the fact that they can score and they can move the ball, that already puts pressure on opposing offenses. But that defense has been able to rally and really get after opposing quarterbacks and play solid on uh, both on the road and at home. Is SC any different for you this year than they were last year? They, they, they. I've, I've said Still this. No defense. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> it's funny, Lincoln. I, I, I always felt like I was a hater all year long. Everybody wanted to convince me they've got better players this year. Give them another year, and I said, okay, but let me see it. Because I, I don't think they had bad players a year ago, but you know, to me, I watched them this year, and they're explosive on offense. Caleb Williams is wonderful, but they don't appear to be any better on defense. In fact, I, I would say they might be worse because at last year, at least they were taking the ball away. They're not really doing right. that at the rate they were last year. Isn't it interesting how you you can have, and and I'm not trying to generalize. It's just interesting how the the, the trail seems to follow. When Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma, they had a tremendous offense. They struggled on defense, struggled to slow people down. And it's followed him his, his entire career, as far as I know. Uh, and it's just interesting to me when you get out to USC and you talk about it, they do have better players. You know, they also have some better players on the defensive side. But I'm not sure why it seems to sort of follow a Lincoln Riley coach uh, team that their, their defense struggles or they, they, they have these problems. And for the most part, when you look and think about it, I think that's going to be the fall, especially in this conference where you have a number of notable quarterbacks that can strike and, and can uh, throw up some points. I agree with you. Uh, what are you expected to see Saturday when you and Roxy have the broadcast? Well, you know what, Roxy and I, it's going to be interesting because Cal is, uh, it plays hard, and Roxy knows them at heart, especially being an alum. Um, they do play hard. They do have some weapons that can strike, and they'll hang in there. What has doomed Cal in the past is just shooting themselves in the foot with turnovers. And so that's why I think they're going to use some misdirection uh, to try to slow Utah's aggressive defense down. But for the most part, you know, this is a game I think Utah should find a way to win, even if their offense doesn't score as much as, uh, as many points as you might think they should. Hey, thanks for doing this today. I'm glad we could finally connect. Uh, travel safe. We'll see you on Saturday. Thanks, Lincoln. Thanks, bud. I'll see you soon. All right, there you go. Great Lincoln Kennedy, one of the great offensive linemen in Pac-10, Pac-12 history, and a hell of a player, too, with the uh, Raiders and the Falcons in his career. Was first-team All-Pro once, second-team All-Pro once, three-time Pro Bowler. He was a man. He was something, and he was a unanimous All-American and a two-time Morris Trophy winner, too. Dude could play. He is an enormous human being and a really good analyst, too. He and Roxy will have the Pac-12 Network broadcast. Me, Scott, and Sly will have the radio broadcast for you coming up on Saturday right here on Utah's number one sports talk. Hey, uh, we've had pretty good rain the last couple of days here in Salt Lake City. I mean, really good rain. Uh, 
it might have told you that it might be time for you to call Chipman Roofing. Have you noticed your gutters maybe doing a lot of leaking? Maybe you've got something up on the roof. Maybe you've got a little water leak somewhere. If you do, don't let it fester. Don't let it fester. Let Chipman Roofing, let Braden Chipman and Chipman Roofing come out to your house and at least give you an inspection and a quote. Those are free. Braden will come out, no problem. He'll give your house and the roof a once-over. Gutters, all of that stuff, because they do gutters and fascia and soffits and all that stuff, too. But the last thing you want is bad drainage off your roof or leaks in your roof. And with this rain we've had the last couple of days, it might have exposed a few things. So before wintertime hits, because it's going to be nice the next few days, set up an appointment. Set up a consultation with Braden Chipman and Chipman Roofing. They'll come out and give your house the once-over and tell you what's going on. $1,000 off new roofs right now this month and 100% satisfaction guarantee. They're locally owned, locally operated, and Braden would love to have your business too. He also sponsors our ball and bowler segment, which we'll do coming up in about 45, 50 minutes or so with Greg Bowler Jack. So it is Chipman Roofing. You can call him. Braden will answer. It's his 664-2906, or hit him up on the website. Check out all their photo gallery, testimonials, and more at chipmanroofing.com. We're live at Advanced Window Products. We're going to hear from Nate and Jake. Not Jake from State Farm, but Jake from Advanced Windows, I think. That'll be coming up. We'll tell you what's for lunch and more on the way right here on ESPN 700.